Hello, and welcome to Rated L for Lore, the podcast where I talk at you about (laughs) video game lore and popular gaming theories. I am your host, Ashley Day, and if you are listening to this, it is definitely Thursday or sometime later in the week. It's not Monday when I usually put out episodes. And, uh, yeah, if you're here and you, uh, like, uh, my thoughts are all over the place. Okay, so, one thing I've been trying to put out on social media if things are going to be late. I, uh, don't know if I put it on Twitter or Instagram. I'm trying to get better with the social media. It'll get there. It's just a lot that I, one person, have been uh, taking on. But I know for stuff like this, I update the Facebook page pretty regularly. So you should uh, go like the Facebook page to be updated for things like episodes being delayed or whatever. Also, for today's episode, for the game that we're covering, I put a poll out on Facebook. And that's how I decided what game to cover today. So if you want to participate in polls and stuff, you should like the Facebook page. Alright, shameless self-plug with that over. So if you're wondering why this episode is a few days late, uh, basically I'm an assistant manager in a store in my local mall. And uh, we had our audit today slash yesterday. So I've been working so many extra hours like I did the math this weekend I'm supposed to work 45 hours a week and this week I'm working 55 which doesn't like 10 hours doesn't seem like a whole extra lot but like I have no days off for 15 days in a row so and just most of my time has been at my store getting things ready and I'm exhausted and very very tired which is the same thing as exhausted I just woke up from a two-hour nap And, uh, yeah, it's Wednesday. I want this to go out Thursday. So, I'm just doing it. So, enough of the preamble, if you will. And on to today's game. We're doing Night Trap, baby, from 1992. A very controversial game of the time. A very high-budgeted game at the time, a very unique game at the time. It is a game. (laughs) Jeez, I'm kind of regretting not bringing my my soda in here with me for that little bit of extra caffeine. (laughs) But, um, let's just Do it live! Fuck it, let's do it live! (laughs) So, Night Trap is an interactive movie video game developed by Digital Pictures and originally released by Sega for the Sega CD in 1992. The game is presented primarily through the use of full motion video, or FMV, and is notable for being the first interactive movie on the system that was thus seen as breaking new ground in terms of both genre and technology. So... Like I said, it was a very unique game, first of its kind, which is super cool, especially for Sega, because <laughs> this is definitely 
in the heat of uh, the console wars between Sega and Nintendo. So cool for them to put out something so new and creative and different. I don't know why I'm using this voice, but I am. Maybe I should record when I'm tired more often. Or maybe not. Maybe this is just really horrible. <laughs> so the origins of Night Trap can be traced back to night to a 1986 prototype game developed by Axlon to demonstrate their control vision game console to Hasbro, which never actually happened. It's a whole thing. I'm not going into it here. But, like, they talk about it. If you go to Wikipedia, like the Wikipedia page for Night Trap, it talks about it there. Hasbro, like, you can do your own digging on it. I'm not going to talk about Hasbro's control vision just because I don't... I feel like it doesn't add to me covering this for my podcast <laughs> about video game lore. But yeah, so the system used VHS tape technology to present movie-like gaming experiences. So, that's some background. Um, but in Night Trap, the player takes the role of, spe- of a special agent test to watch over teenage girls visiting a house which, unbeknownst to them is full of danger. So the player will watch live surveillance footage of the house and trigger traps to capture anyone seen invading the, endangering the girls. <laughs> and the player can freely switch their view between different cameras to keep watch and eavesdrop on conversations to follow the story and listen for clues. There's, like, a lot to keep track of. Um, I know the f- first time that I heard of Night Trap was because of Game Grumps. That's how I hear of a lot of games, actually. That and Markiplier. <laughs> or Game Theory. Because that's like... Let's Plays and gaming stuff is the majority of things that I watch on YouTube. Shouldn't be surprising that this is what my podcast is about. <laughs> um, and I know they were following a walkthrough to play it. And they commented on how... Just... Difficult it would be to kind of figure it out on your own because they lost a lot before they started following the rock through. Anyway, it's a good playthrough. You should you should watch it. Go Game Grumps. Woo! <laughs> so the player is instructed by the in-game police squad to watch live surveillance footage of the Martin household and trigger traps to capture anyone that is seen endangering the house guests. Cameras are situated in eight locations in and around the house, which are the entryway, the living room, the kitchen bedroom, bathroom, driveway, and the two different hallways. There is a map available as well so the player can see how the rooms are connected and the player can freely switch between the different cameras to view the different house activities going on and pick up clues from conversations. So Kelly, who is an undercover agent, also provides clues to the players and the player must avoid trapping her, any other agent, or the house guests. When someone is in range of a trap, a sensor bar will move into a red zone, activating the trap at this moment will capture them, and if the trap is activated when the bar is not in the red zone, the trap will not work and will become disabled for a short period of time. The traps will also only work if the access code is correct, and there are six possible access codes that the player must find by eavesdropping on conversations to find out when the family, the Martins, change the code, which I believe it's usually like a color word, something like that. When a new code is learned, the player must wait until the speaker leaves the room before changing the access code to the correct color, yep, color, to maintain control of the traps. So counters on the screen indicate how many perpetrators have entered the house and how many have been captured. There's there's a lot to keep track of with this game. 
and any little mistake gets you a game over. It's kind of intense. So the exposition to Night Trap is presented to the player by Lieutenant Sims of the Sega Control Attack Team, or SCAT, because that's a great acronym. <laughs> At the start of the game, he explains that the team was alerted to the disappearance of five teenage girls who were last seen at the Martin Winery Estate. Ooh, I could go for some wine. Maybe that's what I should be drinking while I'm here. <laughs> the Martin family consists of Victor Martin, his wife Sheila, their children Jeff and Sarah, and cousin Tony. The missing girls were reportedly invited to stay for the night, and the police questioned the Martin family, but they claimed the girls had left safely, and they refused to let the, the, let the police search the property. The police then handed over the case to SCAT, which investigated the house and discovered a series of traps, security cameras, and an operational unit in the basement to control the apparatus. The SCAT agents spliced an override cable onto the control system and connected it to a control panel in the back hallway of the house. The player is given the role of an internal SCAT operative charged with controlling the traps and cameras from this back hallway. So, um, with the, in the game, five more teenage girls head towards the estate. Kelly, which is the undercover secret agent, Ashley, hey, that's me, Lisa, <laughs> Cindy, and Megan. Scat was able to place Agent Kelly with the group as an undercover agent, as I've already said a couple times. The girls are not aware of her true identity. Also with the girls is Danny, Lisa's younger brother. What the gang does not know is the house is infested with augers, which are vampire-like beings that need blood to survive. The Martin family themselves are in the process of becoming vampires, aka or these augers, and the following events that take place and the ending vary widely depending on which characters the player is able to save from the augers. So yeah, the thing about augers is that they don't have teeth, they have to use a device to get the blood, and they are laughably bad. The whole thing with augers is Sega 1 didn't want to just have run-of-the-mill vampires because it wasn't very unique, and they also were very, very hard on the concept of not having, um, recreatable violence, so they didn't want anyone who played the game to then start, like, biting people and attacking people because they saw it in Night Trap, because they didn't want anything like that to come back to them. More on that later, that's actually very important. But... Yeah, so Night Trap was developed over six months and was part was part movie shoot and part programming. So the film p portions of it, because there's like an hour and a half of footage, which on Instagram for a poll and everything and on Facebook, I included like the box art for Night Trap and I'll put it on Instagram as an actual post. Um, probably tomorrow, definitely tomorrow. And by tomorrow, I mean today when you're listening to this Thursday. At least I hope you're listening on Thursday when I release this. But if not, I mean, that's fair because it's not the normal day that it's released. Anyway, that doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, so the f film portions of it were shot on 35mm film in Culver City, California across 16 days in 1987 with editing taking another few months. The big part of that was with the game programming is if they wanted to change something they had to work with the film they already acquired so things so the film takes place in a really linear way and sometimes it seems kind of weird with the gameplay just because they couldn't go and reshoot something they just kind of had to work with what they got i think i touched on that a little bit later in my notes <laughs> um 
The film was directed by James Riley, and the director of photography was Don Burgess, who also later went on to shoot Forrest Gump. Fun fact. Um, originally, the set was going to be darker, but it was made brighter for fear the footage would pixelate in-game, since they had to work with not- it wasn't just a movie, but it was also supposed to be a video game. So there's a lot of stuff with that, plus it's like the late 80s, early 90s, so you know how things are then. <laughs> um, so the script was unusual because it was built around the multi-linear gameplay, as in- in the game, at any given time, there's at least four different things going on all at the same time. So they had to take that into account with writing the script. And as like you can imagine, it's a little rocky at best. Um, so Riley was focused on timing the shoots correctly to sync the movement of actors among the rooms. Because, there, like I said, there were four scenes occurring simultaneously at any given time. Although there were eight rooms, the other four rooms when there wasn't anything going on in them would be still images in the game. Um, the biggest person who, like, the biggest actor at the time that was involved in Night Trap was Dana Plato, who played the secret agent, or undercover agent, Kelly. She, she, like I said, she was the most famous actor involved, and she was known for her work on the American sitcom Different Strokes. At the time, her career was kind of taking a downward spiral, partially due to some personal problems with drug and drugs and alcohol and at first she was super excited and super on board with working on night trap but as time kind of progressed she made it pretty like known that doing that working on night trap was a huge step down from anything else she had worked on and she made her like displeasure known which didn't really help the game and then all the augers are played by stuntmen and they had to develop a hobbling walk so that they would be able to, so that they would always be prepared to fall when the traps dropped under their feet. Little fun fact. And then the software was developed concurrently with the filming and the editing. So, like, it was the first game of its kind. So they had to do a lot of work to make it work. <laughs> Through developing Night Trap, they, the team realized that their old-fashioned development methods did not always work with the interactive movies. The team could not go back and tweak on-screen elements like I was kind of talking about earlier and other assets such as inserting new scenes or changing the time an actor comes into view. They had to work with the video footage they were handed over. So, like, that presented some problems, but they made it work. It's, it's a pretty cohesive game. So, Night Trap also had a budget of about $1.5 which was one of the most expensive video games of the era to make. Just a little fun fact. <laughs> got a lot of those <laughs> the game also received a lot of mixed reviews C critics praised the game's B-movie-esque quality, warped humor and smooth video animation but they also criticized the shallow gameplay and then a another uh, fun thing with this game is that it was taken to the United States Senate for a committee hearing so, that's cool. So, we're just going to dive into that because I think that's really interesting. Especially, like, now that the game is 27 years old and they've released a 25-year remake special edition version on Steam, like, a couple years back for the 25th anniversary. And, like, just... I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just going to read my notes. <laughs> so... 
On December 9th, 1993, a United States Senate committee held a hearing on the subject of video game violence. The hearing was led by Senators Joe Lieberman and Herb Cole and was covered in major newspapers including USA Today, The Washington Post, and The New York Times. Throughout the hearing, the committee scrutinized Night Trap along with Mortal Kombat, which also came out in 1992. And Lieberman, who admitted to never playing Night Trap ever, claimed that Night Trap featured gratuitous violence and promoted sexual aggression against women. One game overseen considered particularly offensive involved the nightgown-clad character Lisa being captured by augers attempting to drain her blood. Tom Zito attempted to explain the context Tom Zito is somebody who worked on the game. <laughs> attempted to explain the context of the nightgown scene in defense of the game, but he claimed but his Don't just copy and paste from Wikipedia. Always double check your notes. I didn't copy and paste everything, but Jesus. But his claims were silenced. <laughs> In the short documentary Dangerous Games, the producers and some members of the cast explained that the plot of the game was in fact to prevent trapping and killing of to prevent the trapping and killing of women. In addition, the blood draining device was intended to look very unrealistic to mitigate the violence. Despite scenes in which the girls are grabbed or pulled by entities, entities, enemies, no nudity or extreme acts of violence were ever filmed or incorporated into the game. Like that was a major focus on non-recreatable violence within the game. Night Trap designer Rob Fulop was irked that his relatively tame game was being compared to Mortal Kombat, which features a a character ripping the heart out of a defeated opponent. Yeah, definitely not in the same, like, league of game, I'd say. Uh, Senators Joe Lieberman and Herb Cole led the Senate committee hearing on video game violence that focused largely on Mortal Kombat and Night Traps. And he called, calling the letter quote-unquote trash tantamount to child abuse. Instead of enriching a child's mind, Lieberman said, these games teach a child to enjoy inflicting torture. The committee averred that averred, averred, this is I don't know how to speak. <laughs> the committee decided that Night Trap featured gratuitous, gory, sexualized violence against women at the hands of the player, none of which was actually in the game, and all of which made it blatantly obvious that none of them had actually investigated it for themselves, i.e. none of the people on the committee actually played Night Trap. They just kind of decided that that was true without actually seeing if it was. Um, the Nintendo senior vice president ha at the time, Howard Lincoln, testified in front of the committee, stating that Night Trap would never appear on a Nintendo system because it did not pass the guidelines they enforced at the time. Fulop later explained that Lincoln was referring to the technical guidelines, that the game could not run on a Nintendo system due to lack of a CD-ROM drive, but Lincoln made it sound as if the game was unworthy of Nintendo's moral standards. Critics noted this as a deliberate move from Nintendo to distance themselves from the scandal and make Sega look unfavorable because this is also at the time of like that console wars between Sega and Nintendo. As a result of the pu publicity generated by the hearings, retailers sold 50,000 copies of Night Trap the following week. But two weeks before Christmas, the game was removed from store shelves in the United States. Two largest store chains at the time, Toys R Us, may they rest in peace, or I guess they're coming back as Joffrey's Troy Box. I know it's Jeffrey's. 
but you can't spell it with the G-E-O. Not expect me to say Joffrey. It looks like Joffrey. It's pretentious. It's Joffrey. <laughs> anyway, and KB Toys. After receiving numerous complaints that they were that were suspected to be part of an organized telephone campaign. Both stores continue to stock Mortal Kombat, however, which I love Mortal Kombat. It's a great game, but if you're talking about sexualized violence against women in video games, Mortal Kombat is definitely more guilty than Night Trap. Um, the Night Trap box art was also criticized by interest groups for what many believe to be a sexist depiction, which, again, I'll put it on Instagram. You can kind of judge for yourself. I think... If anything, the box art definitely was more, I guess, it fit that whole B-movie-esque horror movie type thing. And uh, I don't know. I feel like there was a lot of schmear campaigns against Night Trap that were really undeserved. But in 1994, Sega, in January 1994, Sega withdrew Night Trap from the market. Bill White, the Sega vice president of marketing at the time, stated that Night Trap was pulled because the continued controversy surrounding it prevented constructive dialogue about an industry-wide rating system. He also stated that the game was misunderstood and was developed as a parody of vampire melodramas, which, if you play the game, it's definitely that. Sega also announced in January, in the January of that year that they would later release a censored version. So, these hearings about Night Trap and Mortal Kombat led to the creation of the Entertainment Software Rating Board, or the ESRB, in 1994, which is the Video Game Ratings Board in North America, still used today. Also, what the title of this podcast is based off of. So, while the tr- the Senate hearings were kind of unfair to Night Trap, at least it led to a solid podcast title in 2019. Thanks. U.S. Senate and Night Trap and Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Night Trap was re-released in 2017, like I was saying, commemorating its 25th anniversary. And from an article titled 25 Years Later, disgusting, quote-unquote, disgusting Night Trap is incredibly tame, which is written by Stacey Ponder on Kotaku. And I just wanted to highlight a couple of things from this article that I really enjoyed that kind of fit how I feel about the game. So, the Stacy Ponder on Kotaku said that Night Trap 25th Anniversary is more than a worthy celebration of a piece of video game history. It's a love letter to it. And should you ever wonder how much video games in society have evolved since Night Trap earned an M rating in 1993, here's a good indication. This disgusting game is now rated T for teens. So, that's that's Night Trap. It's a relatively tame game that was given a lot of criticism that it didn't really deserve from people who never played the game. That's one thing that I hate when people review games just based off of, like, outrage that they hear about it or like word of mouth or whatever just if you're going to be talking about a game play the game i just realized i'm a hypocrite because like 99 percent of the games that i've talked about so far slash we'll be talking about in the future i've never played but um 
if you're going let, let me revise what my statement i withdraw my previous statement and i'm giving a new one um if you're going to be talking about a game as in reviewing it for any kind of publication like game informer uh i'm blanking on the websites that i shouldn't be blanking on the ones that i mentioned in the sonic boom episode <laughs> um or you're going to be going before the United States Senate to talk about how awful a game, quote unquote, is or is not. I don't know why I added quote or unquote. Then maybe you should play it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's all I have for you guys on Night Trap. I'll be posting about it on Instagram, probably on Facebook. Um, if you want to interact with me on social media, you can... Follow me on Twitter at 4 underscore lore or Instagram and Facebook at rated L for lore. Please, someone, send me an email. I've been issuing this challenge for weeks now. Someone be the first to send me an email at rated L for lore at gmail.com. Um, I believe, like, because life has been very hectic for me. I'm ahead with my notes for once, which is super cool. I'm hoping to get some guests involved. Um, I know I definitely won't be, won't be recording next week's episode and editing it till Sunday because on Saturday I'm going with a couple friends to Game Grumps Live, so that's cool. And I want to talk about it in the next episode, so be prepared for that probably 20-minute spiel where I talk about it. Um... This is going to probably sound like crazy fangirly, and I do not care. Um, but I'm going to shoot my shot and write them a letter and give them it as a gift with probably some kind of gift at Game Grumps Live and write in this letter how I have this podcast and maybe they'll be on it someday. Who knows? I'm going to shoot my shot. <laughs> God, I need more sleep or caffeine or something. And I get to wake up and go to work all over again tomorrow and the next day 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 and then I finally get a day off so yay anyway my name is Ashley Day thank you for listening to Rated L for Lore and join me next week back on our regularly scheduled time bright and early Monday morning where we will be talking about a whole diff different game I hope you guys have a lovely day.